can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? This is, this is. I would guess you seem to be a busy person. <laughs> yes. A lot of things. Yes. And uh, juggle them. Yes. We'll get into a bit of it, but um, just I want to introduce Onyx. Is it Aspri? Aspri. Uh, I would never know that. <laughs> um, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Great to have you. Um, what, uh, so, you know, I kind of, sometimes when I get on these podcasts, one of the things I want to know the most is, um, where, where you, where you came from, where this all began for you in a sense. So let's, let's start from the beginning. Where are you originally from? Um, I'm from Jersey, the suburbs of New Jersey. Where in Jersey? Bridgewater? No, you're from I'm Bridgewater. I'm from Newark. So. Oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Jersey person. Hey. Um, did you, so did you, uh, so you, you grew up in, in Jersey mostly? Uh, yes, but my junior year of high school, my family moved to Georgia, my suburbs oh, wow. of Georgia. Yeah. And um, I stayed on there. I went to school down there at Spelman. From college and then graduated, moved to New York. Hmm. And when you so um, while you're at Spelman, is this where, like, where where you started formula? Like, so what was your major in Spelman? My major was drama and creative writing. Oh, so you really so you knew then <laughs> where you were headed. I I've known that I'm doing something in the industry since I was three years old. I grew up doing musical theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and yeah, and I would just write for fun. I wrote a lot of short stories, filled up notebooks with poems and short stories. And it was just something just to calm me or just get feelings out. And I just thought it was really fun just to write. But it wasn't mm-hmm. until I got to college that my dad was like, you know, you could do writing as a career, right? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> So your parents, so your father uh, encouraged you to go down that road. My parents were always really supportive. It was my mom who put me in like theaters, um, theater academies. Like, so I used to, I was obsessed growing up with Disney and I would memorize the words and the lyrics and just perform it in my living room. And I remember there's this time at a time when I really loved Snow White. And I don't know if you remember the movie, but there's a moment when Snow White is being chased in the woods and mm. she sees all these eyes staring back at her and she's freaking out and she's, it's so dramatic. She's like, ah, 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 and she's, and that was my, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was my favorite scene to act out because you just get to be ridiculous. And I remember doing that and looking up and my mom is standing in the doorway, just looking at me like, my child is so weird. Okay. <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm in acting classes and dance classes. I just That's never so left. Cool. Yeah. Were, were, your, were your parents in that, in that medium? No. My dad is finance. He, he, 
my dad. Wow, you, you can we switch parents? Because <laughs> <laughs> like I, I feel like the you know like so when I I don't know if this is, if this is like a generational thing, but like when I was growing up, anyone who wanted to get into film or acting or even art, like your parents were like, yeah, okay, good, good luck with that one. You're going to business school or becoming a doctor or a lawyer. Um, it's so great that your parents were like, were so supportive. Like my mom was supportive, but, but my father was paying the bills. So I had to do what he wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but no, a lot of people didn't get always... to, you know, I know. And I didn't realize that I was blessed in that way until I was like speaking to some of my uh, classmates at school and at Spelman mm. when they would like, oh, you know, they would they would be in a, a drama major, but then they would also be like a biology major or things like that. Or one of them snuck being a drama major and lied to her family. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize how blessed I was. But my, my you know, my folks, their, their whole thing was always just, you know, if you show that you are dedicated and that you this is your passion you know then we'll support you but you can't just you know half-ass right. anything you know right 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 yep. wow that's amazing um so was you know i know you know you what who who were some of the people you were kind of looking towards for inspiration for you know for like who 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 were some of the people you thought yeah that's what I, I want to do that you know it's funny I didn't have one of those so really? yeah because okay so I grew up um very whitewashed mm. white white neighborhood white schools white friends and that. yeah <laughs> so my mindset was just because I was in theater, theater at such a young age, I experienced racism really quickly. Mm. And um, my earliest memory of racism was our school was putting on the production of Annie. And by this point, I was in fifth grade. And by fifth grade, I was already um, getting singing lessons, private singing lessons, mm. dance class, acting class, outside of school every other day, you know? And so when I auditioned for Annie, it was between me and a little white girl and she ended up getting the part mm. and when i was upset and my mom was like just ask the director you know like why you didn't get him so you can just work on you know be better next time so i asked my director this and she said oh you know your audition was fantastic you're great it's just you didn't you don't look like annie she said this really i was eight years old and i'm sure she didn't expect that this would you're totally you're affect you're this eight-year-old child but that stuck with me because he's not she wasn't the first direct, I mean, she wasn't the last director to say that to me right um, you know but yeah that killed me it was just like oh what's i knew i wanted to perform and what's stopping me from getting these lead roles mm -hmm. isn't something that i can just get better at it's something i can't even change right, right. so that whole aspect it made me just not like the color of my skin so i struggled with a lot of like self-esteem so mm. i had no one and then you turn on the tv and there wasn't i didn't really see myself there either so there wasn't anyone i could just be like i mm. want to be like that i just never saw myself i just knew that i really liked to perform that's true like uh, you know i also like so my mom my family my mom moved around a lot and we lived in, you know, even though I'm from Newark, we spent a lot of more, more time in like 
more predominantly white neighborhoods. I even lived in Massachusetts for a while, which is a whole other experience. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, even as a fifth grader. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's got to be a complete shock to a child or a teenager who, because I'm just thinking back to that point in time in my life, I didn't really think of color. Like I wasn't, I like, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. Not because I'm a black kid and that's, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wasn't trying to create some, you know, set some precedent or anything. I just wanted to do it because I thought it was cool. Right. And then the world throws this cold water in your face (laughs) and you're just like, wait, wait, what? And and at that point is where you realize you, you start to become realize through no fault of your own that you're different, even though you're not different. Right. Yep. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's a crazy time to have to, that's, it's really like, it's a weird thing to have to go through and not really know you're going through it. Yep. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because it wasn't until going to Spelman that I had the the knowledge, I guess, to just reflect on my childhood and be like, wow, that was racist. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) And that really messed me up. (laughs) Like, because it was, it's funny because, you know, there's this, there's that is, you know, there's that racism that, um people will put at you in such a way that it's almost just like matter of fact and almost like oh you you understand right you know you you understand what i'm saying I'm like right. and, and until you get to college and i think college is the place where it really starts to click in mm-hmm. until you go to college regardless of whether you've gone to an hbcu or a regular like a you know predominantly white school you come to a realization when you get to group get there and you meet with a group of people who are just like you and you compare notes yeah and you compare experiences and you go shoot i'm not the only person this is happening to yep this this is racism damn that's racism yeah <laughs> it's crazy like it just know. opens your mind like you mm. should have saw how i came back home after break freshman year, I was like, did you know, walking up to my parents, like, did you know that the world is racist? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like yes, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, I did not know. Now, my father used to like, um, my father, so my father was kind of active in the civil rights movement. He, he was the human rights director of uh, Newark for many, many years. Um, but my father was a lot like a, he was a lot of different things. One thing I didn't realize was like he used to tell us stories and tell us things really point blank, races like race wise, where he would like, this is going to happen and you, this is going to happen to you and this is going to happen to you. And as a teenager, I literally, I remember having this conversation with my brother like a couple years ago. We talked about it. We were like, oh, we just brushed this off as, oh, my father's just racist. You know, he's just being, you know, <laughs> ridiculous. This doesn't happen in this day and age. Yeah. And then it would happen. And now, like, even years later after he's gone off the earth, we're still experiencing things that he told us 
30, 40 years ago that was going to happen now. And it's just, now we just call, we call our father Negrodamus because he just, <laughs> you know, we like either he knew, like he was, you know, some prognosticator or the things that he went through during the civil rights movement weren't things that were just isolated to the 60s and 70s, right? Mm -hmm. They were just, it's just, it just is. It's just, it's just, and it's happening again. And it's crazy that we have to, I never thought that I would live um, to see the return of such blatant disregard for human decency um, on many levels but most most certainly on a on a race level yeah yeah that's yeah it's today makes me really sad but i'm also like not surprised you know so it's wild so when you got so so at spelman you started down the road and like so what was the first um so like did you have a um an uh a specific thing that you wanted to accomplish? Did you want to become the best screenwriter, or filmmaker, director, producer? Was there, or did you just say, I want to just take as much as I can and then see where it goes? So I always knew, well, and I always, um, when I got to Spelman and doing the self-reflection of my life, and mm. I was like, I just didn't, I knew I wanted to do something to help black people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't know how to do that just as a performer. Like I was like, I know I want to just be something for black people, like mm-hmm. show black people. And I just wasn't taking my writing seriously at the time. Right. And it literally wasn't until graduation. So after graduation, I moved to New York and I did six months of just heavy auditioning. Oh. And I didn't get a lot of things. I got a lot of like off, 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 off Broadway, th- Broadway things. Mm-hmm. But it was really just disheartening going to every audition because I'd sometimes be the only black girl in the audition rooms. Um, or like, I just, I'd go in an audition and I mean, I grew up in musical theater. I'm classically trained singer. So my voice isn't what I guess people was just, think a black girl sounds like it sounds more like a disney princess if anything and when i go into the audition rooms and i'm singing they're just visibly surprised and it's and it's (laughs) and so it's just it it just gets really frustrating just being the only one in the room and then like Mm -hmm. almost having to show that you're proving yourself every time you're there it's just it was a lot and so At this, around that same time, I was talking to one of my best friends who's a Spelman, Spelman woman in drama, and she was auditioning for grad school, and she's plus size. Mm-hmm. And she's like, there's just no roles for Black plus size women that mm-hmm. aren't mammy roles or like, all my life I had to fight kind of roles. And she's like, I'm fine. I pull guys. Where's, my, where's that monologue for me? And I was like, you know what? I'll write you a monologue. Just for shits and giggles. And so I wrote her a monologue and then 
also so much happened in this one week but at, the, at around this time i was watching ease bayou on on bet and mm. i love history mm. i would go down the rabbit hole of just researching things for fun and mm. so when i saw ease bayou i was like oh wow that's so like who do magic is very interesting let me mm. research this and so while i'm writing this monologue for my friend i'm also doing this and I kind of just combined the two and expanded into an, a full-length play. And that was the first play I ever wrote. Oh, wow. And wow. yeah, and once I did that, I was like, you know what? Like, I should just write my own roles. I hate mm. auditioning, <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> I was like, I could write and put black people in it and write roles for myself <laughs> as well. And just, let's just, like, I should just do that. Like, mm. you know what I mean? It was, so I was like, I'm just gonna create the opportunities that I don't see and I was talking to one of my old professors and just kind of just telling her about my play and she was like yes I agree you should do this she's like I she's like one of my things for you is like you need to stop waiting for them to give you opportunities you need to stop waiting for them to get it right they will never get it right, right. you have to do it and I was like right. yo you're right I will do it <laughs> yeah. so that's yeah that's when I created my production company and I just started to write wow I mean that's a and if there was ever a, um, you know, they always say, like, if you're going to start like a business of some sort, always start from a place of trying to add value to something. And if there was ever and ever and ever a needed situ thing, it is, it is stories that, you know, Black men and women can play that are not necessarily being created for them currently. Yeah. That is like, you know, yeah. Yeah. the thing we needed. Yeah, and I love I love history and I love fantasy. And so I like to combine the two, sci-fi mm. fantasy oh, that's with cool. historical fiction. Yeah, because I but I don't I just really want to show black people in other eras. We always just like, oh, the civil rights and slavery. And I'm like, you know, black people are global. Right. You know, um, I one of my feature film is about um, a Afro Germans' experience in the Holocaust. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, because I saw I was I saw uh, an article about black people in the Holocaust, and I was like, whoa, black people in the Holocaust? And it's kind of like, duh, yeah. like why wouldn't we be? We're everywhere. <laughs> like we just like, said, oh, we weren't invented yet. We're gonna be over here standing in the corner when y'all get it done. We we bad. Right. And so like, I just did a lot of research on it. And I mean, it's just wild what happened to black people in the Holocaust. Interesting. It's, it's really? wild. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't want to take too much time because you, it's just, it's bananas. But I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I started wrote a film about that. You have to start um, looking at that because I, I, I too, I, for some reason, I don't know why I'm really like anything that has to do with World War Two. I will, I just... I can't get enough of. Yes, same. <laughs> so that, that to me, I never even occurred to me. And thank you for pointing that out because, yeah, yeah of course. I, I have. I actually have cousins who live, who are from Germany. So mm. I would assume they have some relatives who were like uh, experiencing that situation. So, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's dope, actually. Thanks. Um, the you know um so when you get out of school um you know you you're you had this idea to help 
you know, you, you decide to start going down that road of helping, um, figuring out where you can help black people with, with your skills and with your talent and whatever. Um, do you think that, um, like, so you, you know, when you audition, like, I agree with you. Like I, I started out as an actor too. Hey. And I did a number of things and I hated the audition process for the same damn reason. <laughs> um, and I also got into, that's how I got into the producing and directing end of things. Mm -hmm. Cause I just came to the conclusion that either a, I'm going to have to be doing only Spike Lee projects for the rest of my life or B um, I will never find projects. Someone will give me that like, I think maybe like it's still happening. Like three months ago, I decided I was going to get back into acting. So someone sent me, they were like, Hey, we heard you're getting back into acting. Um, we'd love to see if you'd be in this short film. I was like, sure. Send me, the, send me what you, you know, what you, uh, want me to do. I'll read the sides and, you know, let me know what it is. Yeah. And what they sent me was the part of a pimp. And I'm just like, <laughs> are you effing kid kidding me? Like, I've been under acting for 20 years. And the first time I come back, you want to put me back in the same place I was 20 years ago. I'm like, are you kidding? Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, Darren. That's all you can play. So wild. Um, so it comes, so, you know, when you, when you've decided to kind of transition into doing what you, you know, create your production company and does it, do you find that was hard? Like I've had this, a few people complain to me from our side of the, of the, of the aisle that black people can be difficult to work with because we don't appreciate some of the, like, like we don't work with each other the way we should. We don't build each other up the way we should. And I, I, I tell people that's partially right, partially wrong. Yeah. But I think that could be said for a lot of other people as well. Yeah. You know, um, I think it has nothing to do with race. I think it just has to do with people. people. And you need to surround yourself with the right people. Yes. Um, Agreed. Do you find that it's tough kind of like putting the right people around you to kind of achieve some of these these things you're trying to do i've been really blessed i really haven't experienced any difficulty yeah um my when i wrote my first play i it uh, got chosen for a festival in new york mm. and i had a spellman sister out here and i knew she she was in school for musical theater writing and i just like can you just read my play because mm. I'm about to, you know, get it produced and I just, just read it for me. And she, she was like, yeah, great. And she read it and she just gave me such honest feedback. And I was like, well, I'm going to be directing it because I haven't, I'm really bad at letting mm. go of my projects. <laughs> I'm just like, I'll just do it all. Mm. But I was like, yeah, I want to direct it. You want to be my AD? And she's like, yeah. So she's been my AD for like three of my projects. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And from there, I just, I meet a lot of black women who are also creators. And so my, you know, my network is growing, but I, 
I haven't really, I haven't really had difficulty with, with, finding, with finding black people and working with black people. Honestly, I, I just would prefer it. Like at this point, mm. I yeah, can my hands the amount of white people I let in my production, like or mm. on my set. You know what I mean? Are there are there projects that you haven't done yet that you'd wanted that you like? Are there like dream projects that you're trying that you'd love to work on or um, actors, actresses that you would love? I, I can tell you probably have some people in mind that you're like, if I could, I'd pull this person in, and that person in, and that person in. You know, it's funny. One of them was Chadwick Boseman. I really wanted oh to work with him. I wrote um, in my play. I wrote a role for him. Really? Uh, and yeah. And uh, we studied abroad at the same program, so that was going to be my line to like <laughs> to be like I my did. connection line. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, his death really hit me hard because I, yeah. I honestly thought we would actually work together one day. But yeah. I, yeah, I really wanted to work with him. Um, I have the other one that I re- I'd love to work with Issa Rae. That's funny. I, mm. I, I might be able to help you with that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't tease me. <laughs> so I used to do like a bunch of different um, film events and, and host all these like conferences and networking events and panels and stuff. And Issa used to come to all of my events. So I still every now and then have touch with her. But I actually was what was it, Saturday watching her on Saturday Night Live um, the other night. She was good. Yeah, she was so good. Good. It's always nice to hear that people are doing well. So uh, she, I, and I, she, you, yeah, I could see you working with her for sure. That's so nice. Because it was funny because Awkward Black Girl was the mm. first time I ever saw myself. I was like, wow, someone else is also socially awkward. <laughs> a black girl like me. That was, so, so, yeah. that was so good. It was so good. So yeah, yeah. she's definitely an inspiration for sure. Mm. Are you, so are you still acting at all? Um, or is this mm, something enjoying? <laughs> I want to, because I write myself in different, roles in my in my pieces so the dream is always to be able to get it in a place where I can be like okay I can step back and now you know act in this role but mm-hmm. I also really miss singing on stage I haven't done that in a couple of years oh, wow. so yeah I do miss performing I miss it a lot but right now oh. yeah you prefer um as a as a writer do you prefer theater film tv does it matter? Ooh. I think you have to have at least like something that's like... yeah, because but they're so different. It, it's easier to write for film than it is for theater. Oh yeah, I would imagine yeah. And but I but it's a challenge that I really enjoy. So I like both mm-hmm. because with film, I feel like my imagination can just be as big as I want right. it to be. Right. But I, I mean, theater is home. Theater is. That was, you know, that's, I have such. I, I give you mad props because I, as a writer, I would never touch theater. I think, really? I think it's incredible. I I feel like it would be, like I I tried it in college. I feel like it's a different animal and harder to me, especially when you're doing musical theater, like musical. <laughs> to me, I wouldn't even. I couldn't even fathom trying to put something like that together i'm actually writing a musical now 
Oh, really? I am. Um, uh, it's about the biblical story of Queen Esther. Um, but it's, I don't know if you know the story, but it's oh. when I when I read it, I was like, this is so dramatic. How is it not in theater? It's so it's such a theatrical show. But basically, uh, Esther is uh, single handedly prevents the first Jewish Holocaust. Really? Mm-hmm. And so it's um, it's kind of just a woman empowerment kick ass kind of thing where it's like mm. you know you've seen her come from this That's peasant to being forced into oh. being queen and then forced to kind of save her people hmm. and so you see that journey of growth and empowerment so, hmm. yeah that's that's seems like a story that should be that no yes <laughs> weird right yes 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 huh. <laughs> I, I had a question for you um have you heard recently about the story, the the um, the uh, plans to do a new Cleopatra movie? And <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> the, look, the casting of said movie. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about? Like, because I know, I know what my thoughts are, and so look, I like Wonder Woman, but you know. I'm also a little, okay, so historically wise, Cleopatra actually was not black. She was Greece. Right. She's from Greece. So she's right. not, she's not African. She's not I pale. I people think that. So right. weird. She's not pale, but she isn't she's, black. Yeah, she's not, yeah, exactly. She's you know? whatever that people were in that region at the time. <laughs> right, like, you know, the Afri- she, she was in Egypt, so there is the African sun to give her a little tan, but right. she wasn't of African heritage, that you know, right. blood, things like that. So I'm a little like, I understand because people do think she's, that Cleopatra was black because she was ruler of Egypt, so I understand that people are confused. But it's in the history books, they can learn pretty easy. <laughs> yes, a simple Google search would show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. So I'm a little just like. Also, I'm more like, okay, well, we already have so many Cleopat- Cleopatra. I'd rather a Nefertiti film if anything. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, haven't they done Cleopatra to death? To death. We don't need it again. Like, I think there's at least one movie about Cleopatra in every. Every decade, okay. yeah, at least. Yeah. You know, granted, interesting story, whatever. But yeah. there's so many other stories in, that could be told. Yes. You know that aren't being told. That are even more badass. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> certainly. And even if you like, so your interest in 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 history and and sci-fi and all it, to me lends itself to going well okay we've done all these stories let's start combining the two genres and create some different stories that's when i think things are really like really interesting yeah what was the um netflix tv sh- um, uh, show uh was it a show or tv movie movie um, about the kids who um, the black kids who go back in time to prevent their friend from being being shot and uh, I I forget the name of this show but it was so good it was like I'd never seen uh, 
a black sci-fi movie about time travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very rare to see one. Yeah. And I always think, okay, can we do some more of those things? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Or, you know. I feel like... Um, because the idea of a police brutality kind of film isn't new, but I think that's such a great creative element to add to it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just lends yourself to doing some interesting stuff with the story. Like, I would... Why has no one ever done a story where someone jumps back to the the 60s during the height of the Civil War, uh, the social uh, uh, civil civil um, rights movement, where someone from our era has to deal with what's going on then? To me, because I always think to myself, like when I see like different historical. Um, uh, like I like I love documentaries, so I'll watch anything mm. there is on the civil rights movement. And I always think to myself, "Wow, what would I do if I was back? To, like, how would I react to that? Like, oh, how would I? You know?" And I feel like we don't explore that like that possibility enough. Because I, I feel like we also just don't teach it well enough. Well, there's that too. <laughs> That's why you have people like, I'm not my ancestor. And you're like, your ancestors kicked a lot of butt. So I don't know what yeah, you're <laughs> you, I don't think you can get with your ancestors. Right. <laughs> so, you know. You're right. You are not your ancestor. You are not. <laughs> but, you know, you but yeah, no, that's <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I don't know. You should write that. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm busy writing a romantic comedy hey. TV show thing. That's which, great because we need more black rom coms, honestly. So that's my thing, right? So it's funny because like I told a friend of mine last, I think it was, it might have been December. Um, I was just joking about it on Facebook about some stuff that I was going through romantically, and he's a he's a film producer and. He messaged me offline. He goes, dude, that's a great story. You should make, you should write it and I'll help, help you pitch this showtime. So I was like, all right, you know, cool. But then as I'm starting to write this, I started writing it. I started kind of having this flashback of like the moment when you found out like there was racism in the world. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like this real is like like right that like that moment right before where innocence is still there and you're just you're just you and you're just the movie is just the movie and the story is just the story and that kind of thing and so I'm writing it almost in that same mentality but so my friend he's Hispanic. I'm writing it. Then we have an Asian American who's working on on some of the rewrites, right? So I said to him, "All of us, all of us are working on this are of ethnic color. They will replace every person on this project with a white person, guarantee." He he looked at me. He was like, "Yeah, that's probably true." I said, "Yeah. I mean, it's, they're not going to put a black person in this role." They're not. I mean, I, and I don't want to be negative about it, but the reality of it is, unless, I don't know, unless I can get this to Ava, this ain't, 
you know what I'm saying? Or Tyler Perry. Um, My, I think about that all the time. And so what I do now is this, I'm, I make it where you, you can't change. Uh-huh. Where like, because it wouldn't make sense that the story wouldn't make sense if they're not mm. in these specific races. Mm. And that's also one of the reasons why I do like the- writing for theater because the playwright is involved more in the yeah, production true. aspect, um, in the casting aspect. But yeah, and all my stuff I've been saying for like author's note, they have to be black. <laughs> 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 you cannot switch in order to make the story make sense. They have to be black. <laughs> well, I think that's what I'm going to end up having to do. I'll figure it out. I'll figure a way of turning this into like a, a show. Like, be honest, I, I'd like to not think about it in the sense that I'd like to have faith in this, that once I write it, um, that it just people see it for what it is and say, mm-hmm. well, this black, well, you know, this black guy wrote it and maybe we should try to cast it from this, that standpoint, you know, but. Yeah. We'll I see. think, yeah. With the messaging behind us, like I wrote it for X, Y, Z and it's for the right. black experience. And like, it's kind of. What we need to do is get, we need, like, so I always wondered this and I don't know if like, Maybe they're starting to do it more, but BET to me seems to be like I don't understand why you know what I'm about to say, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Like I don't understand why they're not more of a power for black content, like original brand black content. Well, it's it's not owned by black people yeah. anymore. So that's that, I know that. Yeah. Exactly. Which and means it, they should change yeah. the name of the, con- the, the station. <laughs> yeah. Because it's this frustrating because the only thing BET shows in their shows are just drama. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. You know, but okay. Dr- what about the can have dramatic lines. Blah, 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 blah. But like, there's so many other genres yeah. that BET doesn't tackle. There's no horror. There's no sci-fi. There's no fantasy. There's just right. no... And everyone's all adults. Like, there's nothing with, like, oh, we're going to have some, like, children. Like, right. the fact that, like, Stranger Things is a... Black people can have... A, should right. have created this way right. before they did. Like, you know what I mean? It's just... It should be this hub of just different genres featuring Black people. Yeah. Yeah. I have a um, friend of mine who... Uh, runs a platform online, uh, quality TV. And, you know, I remember when she launched this, you know, a few years ago, like there was kind of like this, um, like, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Like it was, I was like, Oh, this is really kind of dope. And it took a while for it to like start building traction, but, um, you know, and then you started now, suddenly you're starting to see, which is great. A lot of of these online platforms that are specifically gauged toward black content, mm-hmm. even African content, like you have a few different just African platforms, which yeah. I think is cool. Yeah. And um, but I'm looking for what I'm looking for, and I'm hoping that will happen, which will be a network, a real actual network, yeah. where programming is being created based. You know, which, you know, and it's a wide variety of con, you know, of content, documentaries, news yes. programs, children's shows. Yes. Know. 
this. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Definitely needed. You need to call Byron Allen and tell him to stop buying the Weather Channel and um, <laughs> get it and get it in gear. No, for real. Yes. So what's next? Like, what's so? What are you working on currently? So a couple of things. <laughs> so um, uh, starting like four years ago, my sister and I run um, a podcast called "You Had Me at Black." Oh, Ooh. It's a storytelling podcast where we uh, bring on Black people to tell true life stories mm-hmm. as a way to reclaim the Black narrative. And now we've, that's what the initial thing was just a podcast. But now it, in these four years, it has expanded into almost like a media company. We also create content for other organizations and we throw a live storytelling events. We have our first virtual live storytelling event coming up um, on Black Friday, uh, mm-hmm. and we're about to launch our uh, fifth season. That's so, so dope. Yeah. yeah. And it's dope. Thank you. And I'm my for me for Bam Productions. Um, I just finished. Well, <laughs> during COVID, I finished my uh, fundraising for my short film. Nice. called unapologetic so i'm in pre-production that and because of covid it's been pushed to 2021 but uh it's about a story of a little black girl learning to love her dark skin that's nice yes. so and this is going to be a short film mm-hmm. are you shooting are you, you're not gonna or well with covid you'll probably be waiting until we're, we're shooting for winter 2021 to start Okay. Filming, but everyone, every you know, we've had the cast, we have the crew, everything's ready, we have the funds, and oh. then COVID hits, <laughs> and it was like, yeah. Ah. yeah. So, but everyone's still on board. We, you know, we're just pushing it. We just have to push uh, production back. But yeah, I'm super excited. Our mm. my cast is incredibly talented, and so I'm very, very excited. Are you gonna have you have you done or are you going to do a feature at any point? Um. I would love to. I mean, I, the Holocaust one was was a feature, so that's um, and it's now it's just kind of sitting there. <laughs> I don't how to because it is a period period piece. It's the budget would be really big to put that on, but mm-hmm. I would love to do a, a feature one day. Mm. Yeah, I think you should do a feature. I think you would think. I think you you would do like a really. I'd be honest. I want to see the one you this history because i think that would be really good thanks you know um yeah. i think you should definitely do a feature yeah if you've if you've got if you if you're doing like these um theater theater pieces that are for me i like i said i feel like they're much harder <laughs> i think you could crush a feature easily yeah so, um, i definitely want to yeah i have a lot of ideas <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and your podcast um is it like a regularly skit? Like, where can people listen to it? Or yeah, so right now we're in between seasons, but you can totally catch up on all other seasons wherever you get your podcasts. So. Where did you get the idea for something like that? Um, my sister came to me, so she got the idea because she knew she just wanted to help the black community, show mm. the black community, and she was just really uh, frustrated with how black people are portrayed in the media. It was around mm. like Trayvon Martin, and she was just really frustrated. And she was speaking to a friend of hers. She's just like, I know I just want to help black people, and I'm just really frustrated. And her friend was like, yeah, you had me at black. And she's <laughs> like, that should be the name of something. I'm going to hold on to that. 
and years passed and I guess my, I don't know how she came up with the idea for a name. podcast, but she hit me up and she's like, want to do a podcast with me? And I was like, sure. What's a podcast? <laughs> 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 and so I'm in charge of editing and uh, now we have a small team of mm. awesome producers. But when we first started off, it was just me and her mm. and, you know, and it just grew from there. And I had to just teach myself how to edit audio by yeah, watching like, YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, go um, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. Is it uh, just audio, or is it also is there any video for it as well, or just audio? no? There's no video. It's just okay. audio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think it's a great idea. I mean, okay. and the funny thing about um, the one thing about like, I wish that. I wish podcasts existed in the 60s. And, and the reason why is because I feel like, like we have such a great opportunity, right? Um, because there wasn't such thing in the 60s and the 70s, um, there's a lot of experiences that we can only guess or know about through yeah. hand-me-down stories. So I think it's really important because of what's going on right now. We need to document. Yeah. We need to know what's, we need to document because we have the ability to do it and it needs to be done right because this is going to happen again. It doesn't go away. And so yeah. my kids or your kids or someone else's kids comes, they should be able to go back and, and, and look at all of this stuff and go, okay, I see what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be such a waste to, to like for us not to understand the, the mistakes of the past because we were too lazy to document it. Mm. time so yeah like an archive of sorts yeah you know so i mean i, I would assume i mean there's a, i mean there are obviously some documentaries that are being created and there are a few really good news pieces that have come out in a few different um smaller um pieces of content that have been circulating on the internet uh, when uh, i think like earlier this summer when there were a few protests happening down in Manhattan, I would take my camera out and go out and shoot and talk to people. But then I stopped doing it. And the reason why I stopped doing it was because when people were starting to post stuff online, the cops were taking that content and using it to target protesters. So that's why I took everything down and deleted everything that I posted because mm. I was like, mm, I'm not going to be party to that. I still have the footage, mm. but I'm not posting it. And I'm hoping at some point, um, maybe in the next year or so, I'll stitch it together as some type of um, mini documentary. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, you really should. That's, that's good. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So what, I'm talking to a few other people who also captured some stuff. And then we're talking to a few different music artists to kind of lay an original soundtrack behind it. And then we'll do like some inter intercut, like conversations with people about, because I, 
think the most interesting thing will, is yet to come. Um, after the election, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Out. Yes, yes, yes. Renew those passports. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I just literally just pulled mine out and said, <laughs> I had it sitting here just going, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Canada's about to close the borders, so you know. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's it. yeah, that's a great idea. Let me know if you need more uh, musicians because um, my composer is fantastic. Really? Yeah, he's phenomenal. So, um, I'll, I'll have conversations with you because I'm also working. Literally, before I got on the call with you, like we, I'm, I'm managing this one music artist and um he's coming out with his next album so we're working on the album and but it's like this massive project because it's um each so it's gonna be six seven songs each song will have its own uh short animated film oh yes which is and they all tie together as this kind of like western motif Mm, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so, you know, we got like four composers, 20 musicians, six anime. And it's like, I'm like, holy smoke, man. <laughs> um, I've never That's worked so on cool. something like that. Yeah. So, and it's all, it's what's cool about it is that we purposely put together like this super diverse group of people. Mm. So we got Asian, Black, Nigerian. We got everybody, man. It's it's going to be crazy. I love it. Ah, that's so cool. Yeah, I love doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> no. So. <laughs> no, someone has to. These That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, from the, from the standpoint of my experience of doing stuff like this, never I've never had to direct um, or produce any type of massive scale thing like this but just because a lot of the people are in different locations like a couple mm. of our um, two of our composers are in LA because they can um, one dude he's like a composer on uh, Hawaii Five-O and NCIS and couple other shows on cbs and then another dude is um composing for like a couple films that are currently well they're in hiatus now which is why i can get all these people because no one's got anything to do so yeah um where can people keep up with all of the stuff that you're doing and um support your efforts to create amazing content Thanks. Uh, yeah, they can find me on Instagram at sincerelyonyx.espri, E-S-P-R-I. That's a cool name, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Is your sister, are you younger or older? I'm younger. Okay. And she, she a filmmaker or she's not? No, she's um, <clears throat> a producer, uh, just a content curator. But she does want to get into documentaries. She's really into mm. documentary, yeah. No, you guys should team up on a film or something. No, I would love to. That would be really good. Cool. Yeah, I really want to start bringing her to like sets and stuff to see what, you know, what she is. Is she based here in the, in the city as well? Or? Yeah, she's in New York. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So she's new to the entertainment industry. She mm. started, um, she went to school for marketing and advertisements. So she's always been doing very business. And mm. yeah, so she's just now making the switch to entertainment. So I'm, like, I'm really excited to see what oh, that's cool. Yeah. Tell her, welcome to the family. Yeah, <laughs> will do. And she can definitely do it because I also switched out from advertising and marketing. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's, Matter of fact, she's going to be in the best position because if she knows marketing and advertising as a producer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then she's got a lot more than most producers already. Yeah, she does. So, yeah. Um, well, this was, this was fun. I'm yeah. really glad we got to conversate. Yes. And um, if I can be of help with anything, you let me know. Absolutely. I would definitely reach out to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I have nothing else better, but nothing but time. You know. um, <laughs> and um, what the, the, um, what am I thinking of? The um, unapologetic is still in development. Oh, wait a minute. You're co-writing a musical. Is that, is that, what is the, is there a name for that yet? No, there, we've gone through so many working titles, but right now it's just the Esther musical. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm writing that with my amazing composer. Um, Where'd you find your composer at? So we went to school together, but we, he went to Morehouse. Mm -hmm. um, the name is Orlando Abrams. I, we didn't, we weren't friends actually at school. I just kind of saw him in passing, but we we're mm. more Facebook friends, if anything, post-graduation. And I saw he wrote something on, like a poem on Facebook and I hit him up. And I was like, this is great. Are you a writer? And we just started, he's like, actually, I'm a musician. I'm trying to get back into music and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're a musician? Do you compose? I need a composer. <laughs> and he was like, I actually do compose. I'm like, great. You want to <laughs> compose my musical? And he's like, uh, Sure. So, and it just built from there. But like our first creative session, like mm. the vibe, just like that. Like it was supposed to be a two-hour session, and it was like eight hours of just oh, that's creating cool. the opening number. Yeah, he's a fantastic, fantastic musician. But yeah. So, hey, do you do all your camera? Do you do you do your own camera work as well, or do you kind of? Yeah, I'm not a good videographer. I can direct. I can. I pride myself as being a great writer, a great director, mm. but I can't, I don't ask me to film it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fair. As long as you have yourself a good DP yes. and a good editor mm -hmm. and a good composer, then you've got, you got all the things that you need per mm -hmm. se. Yeah. So, well, that's cool. Um, well, please keep me in, you know, up on, you know what's happening if i can help out in any way absolutely let Thank me you. know yeah and um this was this was cool yeah um, i really enjoyed speaking with you this is great and uh you're welcome to come back on in the podcast or any of my other podcasts anytime yes i'd love to <laughs> so, all right well and i'm gonna reach out about this Issa ray connect <laughs> oh yeah yeah shoot me um shoot me an email i'll see what i can do Absolutely, thank you. Because <laughs> um, I haven't talked to her in a bit, and I'm actually trying um, to get her. I'm doing. Um, I've got a an initiative called Change Hollywood that I'm putting putting out right now, yeah. which is basically 
me going and reaching out to all my industry contacts and getting them to donate time as advisors and mentors to black talented um, storytellers. And uh, I was like, she needs to do it. So I'm going to see if I can get her in on the parade. Yes. And yeah, thank you for inviting me on this. This is a great, great podcast idea. Well, um, I try. (laughs) And I'll send you the uh, links and all the good stuff. Probably be out this week, most likely. Ah, so. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. It was fun. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.